Hello and welcome to News 24 Arts and Entertainment, Binging Without Borders. I'm Karen Walby-Solomon and in this six-part limited series, we'll explore binge-worthy TV from around the world. I find it hilarious. It's not like you can't go online and figure out what happens. You can. People are watching them because of the chemistry or, or whatever, and like the tropes we make fun of are still the things people want to watch. Thinking about them brings a sort of feeling of nostalgia. Family circle, super story, those were the classics that I crushed on. One of my favorites, and still is, is Being Bonang. How that production you know, came about and just was real. Join me as I speak to expert commentators who will take us on a journey uncovering unexplored worlds that has us rushing to binge watch, look up flight prices, and experience new cultures, languages, and so much more. You know what? It's the stories, it's the cliffhangers, it's the love triangles. It's money. I know my mother-in-law sits from 6.30 right through till 9.30 to watch everything. <laughs> With the streaming services, they give it to you all at once now. So I think it's changed completely. I think people are realizing there's a bigger appetite for it now. And I guess it is becoming mainstream because more and more people are getting into it. I think people just want to experience different, different things. In episode 3, we'll be delving into the compelling world of the Latin American telenovela. We chatted to Lizette Lanuza, the lead TV features editor at Comic Book Resources, the editor-in-chief of Fangirlish, and a writer at many other publications, about her history with telenovelas and how the genre has changed over the years. The word telenovela combines the word teller for television and novella for novels. And the first telenovela was produced in Brazil in 1951 and since then has become one of the largest forms of cultural exports from Latin American countries such as Mexico, Colombia and Brazil. Although telenovelas seem very similar to soap operas, what makes them different? The answer lies in the length of the series. While many of us have grown up with Days of Our Lives, Bold and the Beautiful, and Siervendelan consistently being on air, telenovelas have a shorter shelf life, and that's how they are intended. Telenovelas have a contained story arc that ends after about a year. This makes the series more marketable and exportable. Since the 2010s, a new version of the telenovela has been birthed called the Millennium Telenovela or the Modern Telenovela, which is aimed at younger viewers and updates the usual storylines about romance and familiar issues and intersperses societal issues, contemporary politics and positive representations of LGBTQ plus characters and relationships, and tends to have a more comedic moments in the series. We chat about this and so much more in our conversation with Lizette Lanusa. Okay, hi Lizzie, thank you so much for joining us. Hi. To chat about Spanish telenovelas. So, why did you start watching telenovelas? I mean, I think it's just cultural. It's, it's mm. part of uh, the culture, but I also started watching them because my mom said I couldn't. So there's this thing where you're like... 
a child or like, it, it wasn't even as a teenager, I think it was younger. And she said, no, we are not going to watch them. And I was like, ooh, forbidden. So I can't do this? Means I must for some reason. And then you're also at that age where like, the idea of watching something about romance is, is somehow appealing. And that's what they were. Like there yeah. was a lot of drama, but it was about romance. What is the first telenovela that you watched? I, I, I thought about this, like I thought about it. And I'm pretty sure it might have been um, Café con Aroma de Mujer, the original, because that telenovela has just got a remake in mm. like a few years ago. And I, I know people were talking about it and the remake is now on Netflix. So maybe I'm just showing my age here, but I watched the original when it came out, like in the 90s. So I was, I was not, I, I say it was like 94, something like that. Yeah. So I wasn't even like, I was a kid, like a, I wasn't even a teenager, I was a kid. And I remember distinctly sneaking around and like having the volume really, really low. So my mom, because the, they showed it at night. Mm. So it's not like I could watch it. It, it wasn't these the 2020s where you can stream something and you can hide yeah. whenever you watch it whenever you want and hide. No, that was like if it was live at 7 p.m. I had to like have the volume really, really low so my mom wouldn't realize I was watching it because she had absolutely said um, that she didn't want me to to watch telenovelas. Because she said they were too overly dramatic, like all of the things they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess she just, when I was older, she loosened up that she, she didn't care as much. But maybe as as a young kid, she just didn't want me to have that be the only thing I was watching. So what do you think the cultural impact of telenovelas has been? I mean, I just, it's, it, it drives so much of, like, there's so many cultural things that, are tied to telenovelas that now that I think about it, it's it's wild, really. So many, like so many memes or so many things we say or so many jokes that are made are tied to one specific telenovela. And then the, the telenovelas become a thing where one telenovela does this and then another one copies it. And then there's 20 of them that are doing the same thing and playing on the same trope and they're doing it on purpose. Like some people are like, oh, these telenovelas don't even know that other ones. No, no, they're doing it on purpose. They know. Like, mm-hmm. they, they're they just very, this was something that there was a point in my life where I was more of a snob, and I was like, they just don't know what they're doing. But no, they're just selling a, a, a quick and easy-made product that everyone's going to like, and they don't care if it's the same mm-hmm. sort of thing that came before. Well, why should they if people are still watching? Yeah. Like, that's why there are so many different versions of the same thing. Like, the same telenovela. Like, the one I mentioned, uh, Café con Aroma de Mujer. It got a remake. It's the exact same telenovela. Mm. And and I, I saw a lot of people talking about it. Like, people my age or younger watching them. And then their parents watched it before. And I, I find it hilarious. Because it's not like you can't go online and figure out what happens. You can uh, you can even look at the original ending, but people don't care about that. People are looking at watching them because of the chemistry or, or whatever. And like the troubles we make fun of are still the things people want to watch. Mm. So culturally, it just it sort of defines so many stereotypes. Also, I think that the telenovela has helped create so many stereotypes about Latino culture. And that are maybe weren't even stereotypes before the telenovelas just went at it 
over and over and over again. Mm. It's kind of funny when you think about it. So do you think that telenovelas sort of like created their own tropes? So instead of like buying into tropes from like, you know, you know, American or British content, do you think they sort of created their own niche? Yeah, I think the 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 fun thing about telenovelas is that they're unapologetically like next level drama. Like no one cares. And then they, there's this level of entertainment now that doesn't care. That's a little bit campy. But when telenovelas sort of were a big thing, like in the 80s or so, they were so dramatic. Like I remember my mom always has a joke about this telenovela where eight people died in the last episode. And that, that so- sounds like a, a normal number for me. Um, it, it, it was just so dramatic. And then they would scream at each other like, you ruined my life with a gun. And you're like, where did the gun come from? And then there's this specific thing I, I kept thinking about, this joke about a specific, um, there's this lady that's in every meme, Soraya whose face is super familiar from telenovelas and then her laugh like the meme of her laughing ha 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 is everywhere like if I show you the sticker you're gonna know who she is and then she's she's got this famous thing in a telenovela called Maria del Barrio where I think they tried to kill her four times like I remember she fell from a balcony and didn't die then she was she was in a car crash and the car exploded and didn't die like and then she kept coming back and you're like is this can we is this woman ever gonna die like what is going on? So I, I don't necessarily think, oh, they created their own tropes. It's just they took every trope there was and they, they took it next level. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there was a, a time in my teens where every telenovela ended at a point where the main couple found out they might be a brother and sister. <laughs> um, it's like, how does it even in every telenovela, you're like, oh, like, how are you even surprised at this point? It happens in everyone, in every single one of them. But it was, it was like the trope of the moment. <laughs> then now I see it, it was, where was it? In the Mortal Instruments and whatever. And I saw it and I was like, that's a telenovela twist right there. <laughs> that's where you got it from. And like Bridgerton season two also had a moment like with the uh, walking down the aisle. And then that, that was like, that's a telenovela twist right there. Come on, I see you. <laughs> like a, a, the most dramatic it can be. Like, how is it like no one has a conversation before walking down the aisle? Like, that, for me, that only happened in telenovelas. But I think sort of in, in noticing the appeal of telenovelas, entertainment sort of realized that they can go that dramatic and people will accept it. So here we are. I remember people complaining about Grey's Anatomy, like how dramatic they are. And it's like... That's not even touching, touching right. the castle water of what they could right. do. <laughs> right, it's it's not, and like, and yeah, for me, Grace and Army is not that dramatic. But even that, mm-hmm. which was more dramatic than shows at its time, is going on a twentieth season. Mm-hmm. So it's clear that people like that. Yeah. So why do you think that telenovelas are like so popular around the world? I mean, I think honestly. I think they're easily digestible, but I also think it helps that they're long. And I, I didn't used to appreciate this as much when I was younger, mm-hmm. because I mean, you you have a long story and it takes forever to sort of get to the happy ending, but they usually go through ebbs and flows where they have that the main couple of happy for a while and then something bad happens and then they're happy for a while. And I, I think that that sort of builds a familiarity with the characters. Mm-hmm. Like there are telenovelas that are like, 
500 episodes long. Like you've been with these people for two years. Like they're part of your family. Like you almost say hello when you turn on the TV. Like, hi, nice to see you again. And I do think that that the same thing maybe I didn't appreciate and I still wouldn't appreciate it if I was like really following one is probably what makes them so appealing in the sense that even even people can like, you can sort of, pick an ending like the couple is happy now and stop watching it for a while and then come back and then you have like a new story it's like they do five seasons in one mm. never stop and, and and since it never stops it's a daily thing like the way they they broadcast them is not once a week you have a telenovel an episode monday through friday so mm. it's like the the thing when i was little there were different kinds the kinds that you that they broadcast at like 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. Uh, so you could put them on as you were like making lunch, like eating or like where you were doing chores. And the ones they broadcast at night, which were supposed to be racier and whatever that you mm. were sit down to watch. Um, but they were still, they were planning on you watching them all day. And that's what a lot of people did. I know you touched on this earlier, but like, do you think that telenovelas have made people look at you know, Central and South America differently than they might previously have? I mean, in a sense, I think it, telenovelas have made people think about Central America and South America. People who like, I, I know a lot of people, especially in the U.S., have no concept of the difference between Central America and South America mm-hmm. even. Uh, so in the sense that telenovelas, like this telenovela is from Argentina and this telenovela is from Mexico. And people can clearly see the difference in the telenovela that sort of brings an awareness of the difference because there's a sense that Latin America is all the same and it's very much not. So the telenovelas, especially the bigger industries, Venezuela, Argentina, uh, Mexico, Colombia, like the bigger industries in telenovelas, have helped people sort of realize the, the regional differences because I'm watching a telenovela like Betty La Fea is a very famous telenovela from Colombia. That sort of helped people realize sort of Colombia is not the same as Venezuela and it's clearly not the same as Mexico mm. um, in, in a way that other than Shakira, maybe they just hadn't, they had no context of the differences between certain regions and certain countries that what telenovelas give them. And why do you think it's as addictive as it is? I, I mean, I wish I had an answer to this. <laughs> I think I think telenovelas are just not unafraid to, like, th- this is a conversation, I think a bigger conversation about entertainment and maybe, like, telenovelas are clearly aimed at women. Mm. Um, I know a lot of men who watch them. I'm not saying I don't. I know men who know more telenovelas than me. But they're clearly aimed at a female audience who would like to be part of a journey that is about romance mm. um, because we like romance and telenovelas don't make you feel bad about being there for the romance. Um, they don't pretend they're about anything else than the romance and they don't play the will they or will they won't they game for five seasons that TV shows play these days. Mm. Like the, the, looked at each other in the first episode and oh my god it's love and it makes no sense but that's what you're there for yeah um and and i think part of the appeals that they're unapologetic about what the telenovela is 
and I, I think people, especially as as we've like, I don't know, we spent a couple of years sort of locked up the pandemic. We become like appreciative of, of just how unapologetic that is. Mm. But I think before, even before people were able to express how much they appreciated it, they still watch them. They they would just, I think for many years, animals were considered a guilty pleasure. I hate that word because like, why does anything that makes you, that gives you pleasure should be mm. guilty? Like if you're enjoying it, enjoy it. Uh, but people were still watching like I was, but like the volume turned down, we were still watching it, even if we didn't want to talk about the fact that we were watching them. Mm. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite telenovelas? Ooh, look, I'm, a, I'm again, I must show my age because the, my age, there was um, the time where I watched most of the telenovelas I, I really, really know was... Um, and then we got to go into what is considered telenovelas. Like Netflix has a Rebelde remake that you wouldn't consider a telenovela, probably because of the formatting of it. It had like eight episodes. It was a Netflix or whatever, but it is the remake of a telenovela and it follows pretty much the same beat. So it's like, is that a telenovela or is it not? Because the original was. But I, I, I still like, I have this telenovela, Mexican telenovela that was also also got a remake. The good ones always get a remake when people forget. Called Corazón Salvaje, which is probably my favorite telenovela. It, it hit the sweet spot for me because it was only like two and a half months long. So it had like 90 episodes. Which I feel is good. The main couple was still separated for a long time. We, we thought he died. There, there was drama. High drama. It was also period um, telenovela. And I, I, I have a soft spot for that. And I have an Argentinian telenovela called Muñeca Brava which was the thing when I was like in high school. Like if, if I, 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 was, I was still sort of trying to resist the allure of telenovelas when that was airing. And I started out not watching it and I was losing friends. Like I would get there the next day and everyone was talking about yesterday's episode. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? And everyone would be like, if you are not talking, like this is what we're gonna talk during the entire break. <laughs> so I had to start watching it because if not, I was going to end up without friends. Uh, and it was fun. Like it was girls, like we could have been doing much worse than discussing mm. <laughs> this fictional characters drama. Um, and despite the idea that perhaps parents had back then that we would learn about the bad things, we were there like, look at this thing, this unadvisable we would never do that like you know <laughs> but still enjoying it even while we we're talking about that so i uh those two in particular i'd always then sort of i'm, I'm like uh th there are some of the the newer ones that i know a lot of people uh pasión de Garilanes, which i know a lot of people like that are but like i think the classics and then um yo soy betty la fea which is uh which brought on another and it brought on ugly betty and that that's one of the biggest mm. ones those are probably the best places to start for someone who would want to ugly betty is like betty la fea which is the original it, it's such a, a fun thing in the sense that it has the workplace dynamics and it has mm. the romance which is why it was easily adapted into a series those are good places to start for for anyone who wants like who wants 500 episodes of their lives. Like Netflix, for example, Netflix in the US 
has some telenovelas and mm-hmm. other regions they have a lot of them like for me they have a bunch of them can go on a spiral through like memory lane thanks to netflix but even in the u.s they have a lot of telenovelas so just i mean if people want just 90 100 episodes of the same thing they're there like it's it's quite popular here too in South Africa they have like um we have a channel and we have a South African remake of Ugly Betty as well. I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you know Ugly Betty everybody everybody wants an Ugly Betty like and it it, it, it was fun because I remember when that was originally airing and how it became like this big thing. Especially because I remember back in the day when Google was like, we weren't like Googling things as much as we do. Everyone just wanted to know how she looked when she was an ugly Betty. Like everyone was <laughs> on pins and needles waiting for the transformation, which is hilarious because uh, she was a beauty queen, like the actress. And like anyone could have found a picture of her before. But no, everyone was just like, oh, how will Betty look? It was a thing. <laughs> And also, what did she look? She, all she needed was like to straighten her hair and get like take the glasses take, off. Take the glasses off. It's like Superman, but everyone was like in pins and needles about how she would look. <laughs> so, w- w- what are some of your favorite like telenovela actors? I find it hilarious that some of the biggest telenovela actors are now making it into Hollywood. Like, there are a lot of them, like, big ones that started up in telenovelas. Like, Jaime Camille, who did Jane the Virgin, started in telenovelas. And I remember him from telenovelas. And then Salma Hayek, I'm pretty sure, did telenovelas. And those are big names. And Elisa Gonzalez, who's now everywhere, also started in telenovelas. Mm. del Castillo. Like, there are a lot of big names, and I just find that funny because these are the, the names I grew up with in a different... Diego Boneta, who's now... Um, again, all of those names are names for me, mm. telenovela names. And, and Damian Bichir. And now I see them, and I'm, like, so proud of them. It's like... Yeah. I mean, not that I think they went badly in telenovelas. Like, there's a lot of... Um, there's still a lot of stigma, but if those actors are making their way and earning money doing telenovelas, like they should be proud of that too. But if they can break into an English-speaking audience as well after that, and good for them, good for them. I, I think um, that some of the the ones from the original Rebelde are now in the remake in the Netflix remake. Um, and I didn't mention Eddie Gonzalez, who's probably one of my favorites. Uh, then there are some, like, there are some that did, like, a few telenovels and then stopped. Natalia Oreiro, who's Argentinian, uh, did Muña Cabrava, which I mentioned, and then did another. That, that's one of the things with telenovels. When the couple works, they will most likely end up doing another telenovela together. Oh, okay. So the main couple from... Uh, Muñeca Brava, it was Natalia Oreiro and Facundo Arana did another telenovela called Sos Mi Vida. Late, like five, ten years later, I I have no idea. That was also a hit, mostly because people wanted to see them together. That that tends to happen a lot in telenovelas, like people fall in love with the couple. And like, well, Talia did Mariela del Barrio, Maria Mercedes, 
all the Marias, like every sort of Marimar. There was a point where I was like, are you going to like switch up the name at least? Like are all, it's so Maria, but she was very successful with it. So it's again, even though, even though you're making fun of sort of what the telenovela is doing, people are still watching and they're doing really well. So, I mean, I guess we should probably just stop making fun of them. Well, no, because it's funny. But, I mean, with, with a level of respect for what they're doing, mm. even if we don't think it's, even if we think it's silly. Yeah. Okay, Lindsay, thank you so much for, for answering my questions. This was lovely. Happy to apparently know so much about telenovelas. <laughs> How did I get here? <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow News24 Arts and Entertainment on Twitter and Instagram to keep up to date with the latest in celebrity news, in-depth interviews, and only the best movie and TV reviews. Tune in next week when we will be exploring a new country.